Hi, I'm Kevin Giovanoni, the Professor of Neurology at Barts in the London School of Medicine and Dentistry. And on this uh, Black Friday, I would like to update you on the implications of this new coronavirus variant that has been identified in uh, Southern Africa um, and its implications for people with MS. The variant is very worrying in, in that it actually emerged from the so-called South African or beta variant of the original coronavirus that caused COVID-19. Now, why that's important is that the beta variant uh, is already an escape variant. In other words, the current vaccines that are based on the original Wuhan strain don't work very well against the beta variant, particularly the AstraZeneca vaccine. Now, as this has evolved from that beta variant, uh, it means that it's likely to be an immune escape variant. And uh, very surprisingly, it's got more than 30 mutations in the so-called spike protein, which is the protein that the virus uses to bind to uh, human cells. So it's likely to uh, escape uh, vaccine responses. Um, some modeling has already been done and suggests that it may even escape T-cell responses, uh, which means that it may rapidly uh, uh, spread now, the reason why I say it may rapidly spread, because some of the mutations are the mutations that were found in the so-called alpha, which is the UK variant and the delta variant from India, uh, which made the virus to, uh, much more infective, uh, much much higher viral loads and much more likely to uh, spread. And there's already a hint that in South Africa, the doubling of infections in the last day or two uh, is possibly linked to the uh, spread of this uh, this new variant. Um, this is likely to be labeled the new variant, NU, by the WHO. Um, my personal opinion, we should refer to it as the uh, Grinch 2 variant. Uh, after Grinch, the uh, Dr. Zeus character who stole Christmas, because we do know that the Delta variant was the Grinch 1 viral variant which stole our last uh, Christmas. Um, and so the worst case scenario is it spreads very rapidly around the world, resulting in uh, repeat lockdowns uh, and uh, some reversal of the uh, um, policies that the governments have put in place to uh, get us out of the uh, pandemic. I think it's important for people with MS to realize that the pandemic is clearly far from over and we're going to have to learn to live with this variant and the next variants in terms of how we manage multiple sclerosis and the immunotherapies we use in, in MS. I think we need to assume that the current vaccine immunity is not going to be sufficient to protect against this and other emerging variants, and we're probably going to have to require, acquire boosters with new vaccines to cover new variants as they emerge. This, this is not surprising. This is how uh, biological evolution works and is why we have booster responses to uh, flu viral vaccines every year. Another implication of this new variant is that the monoclonal antibody treatments that we have, so there currently is the so-called Ronoprev or, or Regencov, uh, which comes from Regeneron, which is a combination of two antibodies that bind to the spike protein, may not work against this new variant. We have to wait to see if it, they do or not. And there are other antibody treatments uh, that have that become available. There's one from we uh, reg corona, there is also one from AstraZeneca and others that are in development. 
So these will have to, obviously have to be uh, modified or new antibodies uh, developed to target these new variants. I suppose the important thing is that the small molecule the tablets we'll be taking, these antivirals, and there's two that are, one has been licensed already, Molnupiravir, or Lagavero from MSD, and there's this new one coming out from Pfizer, it will likely work against the new variant. But don't be surprised, you know, once these antivirals get into widespread use, um, the viral virus will develop immunity or resistance against these orals as well. So there's going to have to be new oral therapies coming out all the time. And we have to just accept that we're fighting an evolutionary war against this virus. Clearly, the booster vaccine doses um, will need to include um, uh, new strains. So there is going to be a roller coaster ride uh, coming. Um, I mean, I suppose the implications, if you have MS, is to please follow your government's advice. Uh, I, I, I know that the COVID-19 pandemic has been politicized globally, but at the end of the day, governments are now learning how to respond to the threat, and I'm sure they'll respond adequately to the new strain. In the UK, for example, um, flights from Southern Africa have been uh, suspended. People traveling in from those regions have to go into quarantine, and there will be mechanisms put in place to try and slow down the spread of this virus. So it may not be as bad as the Delta variant. So that's uh, um, an important message. I also would like to stress that if you haven't been vaccinated yet, please get vaccinated. Some immunity, even if it's less effective, may be better than no immunity. And that also means if you haven't had your third dose or your booster dose, if you're eligible, please get them. And don't forget that if you do get COVID-19 uh, and you're immunocompromised, so in the MS space, that's really people on anti-CD20 therapies. That's ocrelizumab, ofatumumab, rituximab, or if you're on an S1P modulator, fingolimod, saponimod, ozanimod, or panisimod, you are unlikely to have had good vaccine responses. So please, if you're on those, get yourself tested to see if you've seroconverted or if you get COVID-19, get yourself tested because you have to be antibody negative and you have to have confirmed COVID-19. In other words, your swabs, your other PCR antigen have to be positive. Uh, and if you need to go into a hospital and be admitted, you would be en eligible for Ronopreve, which is the antibody treatment, which reduces your chances of getting severe COVID-19 or you know, going to ITU or dying from the infection by uh, over 70%. So I want to stress there are treatments and you may be eligible for them. And those criteria, what I've just given you, apply to the NHS in the UK, but they may be different and you may have easier access, access to these treatments in other countries. Please note that, uh, at least in the UK, a third dose of the vaccine is very different to the booster. A third dose is really part of the primary vaccine response and it's recommended to vulnerable people who are immunocompromised. And so that's considered to be part of your initial vaccination. And the third dose can be given uh, from eight weeks after your second dose. It's not a booster dose. It's part of your primary vaccine response. Whereas a booster dose is given at least five months. And this timing has changed. So don't get confused. It used to be six months, but the government has brought it forward by a month to five months after you've finished your primary vaccinations, be it two or three doses. And so you, you need to be uh, uh, you need to be aware that you may be eligible for that. 
Now, I mean, the big question we always ask is what happens if you're on one of these drugs that block or blunt uh, vaccine responses? So if you're on the S1P modulators, I wouldn't stop the drug. I'd just continue it. The reason is if you stop those therapies, there's this risk of rebound activity. And the good news is it looks like if you are on an S1P modulator uh, and get COVID-19, your risk of getting severe COVID-19 or dying from it is no higher than the, the background population. And so I would urge you um, to think very carefully about stopping those tablets to have vaccinations because of the risk of rebound. Um, I know that some people are switching, and that's a different discussion. Now, if you're on an anti-CD20 therapy, uh, ocrelizumab, ofatumumab, or rituximab, and you've recently been dosed, you're unlikely to have any B cells in your peripheral blood. And therefore, the chance of you making a good antibody response are uh, reduced. However, you can still make a T-cell response. In other words, the T-cells are still there, and there's good data showing these T-cell responses, which are likely to be effective against the coronavirus. Now, those T-cells are unlikely to protect you from being infected because my, uh, what protects you from being infected is antibody responses, particularly antibodies that are secreted into the mucus. These are so-called IgA uh, antibodies. Um, but that T-cell response is likely to protect you from getting uh, severe COVID-19 or needing to be hospitalized or go to ITU. So there is a logic in getting yourself um, at least completing your your vaccine, your primary vaccine, uh, be it two or three doses, despite where you are in the treatment cycle. However, if you do want to make an antibody response, and that depends on you as an individual, um, you probably then would have to miss out uh, on your next course or miss out in doses to allow some B cells to come back in the peripheral blood uh, to make an antibody response to the vaccine. And uh, ocrelizumab, which is the most depleting, you'd have to wait the longest. And, you know, we think that you might have to wait up to nine months or longer for B cells to come back. With rituximab, it's probably going to be between six and nine months. And with ofatumumab, you're probably going to have to wait between four and six months for, for the B cells to come back. Uh, and then once you've got a sufficient B cells in your peripheral blood, and we think you need more than 10 per microliter, um, you know, you're likely to make an antibody response. But this debate um, about antibody responses to vaccines is possibly less important in the current environment because we have these uh, treatments. Uh, we have Ronaprie, for example, and these oral antivirals coming on, which changes the risk-benefit balance. So you need to think about that. Um, the reason why I'm discussing this again is because this new variant uh, from Southern Africa may change all this because if this new variant is resistant to those antibody treatments, um, uh, it changes that risk-benefit balance uh, the other way. But then again, the vaccines may not work against this. So I think we need to step back, take a deep breath, realize that we're on a roller coaster ride, and see how the data emerges over the next few weeks to months uh, regarding this new variant. Anyway, um, I hope you're enjoying your uh, Black Friday, uh, and I will uh, continue to uh, update you. Just to say that there has been a change to the funding uh, of the MSLP platform. Um, in the past, I was having the case studies that people asked me to comment on um, uh, close to paying subscribers only. I've decided now to make all the content uh, freely available, but I still uh, need paying prescribers to generate the necessary income from the MSLP initiative to fund the development uh, uh, of the so-called associated microsite, where we're going to curate all this information and make it a living, updated textbook 
uh, for people with MS to self-manage. Now, I don't have the time to do that, and I'm going to have to employ two part-time people, one who can run the website in terms of design and, uh, and set up all the pages, uh, and then a medical writer uh, who can take my MS selfie newsletters and you know, edit them, make them uh, simple to understand and to put them onto uh, the website. So I think I've got enough income uh, to at least start that process off. And hopefully when you see those microsite uh, emerging, you will feel obliged. Well, you'll be happy to continue uh, to, to pay for a subscription. And so if you're not a paying subscriber and you think these newsletters are valuable to you, I would urge you to uh, to subscribe, you know, you, we need we need the income uh, to make this a successful long-term venture, not only for you, but for the MS community in general. So thank you.